Hello, and welcome to the Pragmatic Live podcast series, where we tackle the biggest challenges facing today's product management, product marketing, and other market and data-driven professionals with some of the best minds in the industry. I'm Rebecca Calagiris, Vice President of Marketing at Pragmatic Institute, and your host for this episode. I originally took the Pragmatic training back in 2005, way before I worked here. I loved the training. I brought the entire team with me that was building up a product management team. And I remember the moment we got back into the office thinking, this is great. I'm so inspired. How am I going to implement this, right? We have a small team. How do I get everyone on board? How do I start to do this um, and bring it to life? And, you know, as I've now been here at Pragmatic for almost eight years, it's a common question, right? It's one of the main things that we hear from our audience in regards to the challenges they have. They're super excited. The team's pumped. How do I start implementing this? How do I put into practice what I learned? How do I start making it just a part of my organizational DNA? And to that end, we are very excited to have on today's podcast, Stacey Weber and Charles Topping of Market Driven Business. And what they have worked with us to develop is a series of labs designed exactly to do this. These are one day, super hands-on labs. After you take a training course, if you want to learn about positioning or roadmaps, or maybe it's a prioritization questions or even roles and responsibilities, this is, it's, this is us coming to you guys, facilitating the discussions, facilitating the learning in your own environment, with your own data, with your own uh, market information, right? So that at the end of the training or at the end of the lab, not only do you have put practice, right? You have built up a muscle that lets you repeat this over and over. You can do multiple positioning months, but you also have a business outcome. You have a completed um, positioning document. You have a, a roadmap and a promise that you guys are going to work on. So you get a, a real business outcome and deliverable, and you get to really start to build the muscle and build the practice. So these labs that Stacy and Charles have built for us and with us are one of the most exciting new things we've done here at Pragmatic, and I'm extraordinarily excited to dig in deeper. So welcome, Stacy, and welcome, Charles. Well, thank you. Hello, Rebecca. Hello. All right, Stacey, now you are, oh, you were an instructor at Pragmatic for a long time, and I know prior to being an instructor, you too took the training. So talk a little bit about your sort of history with Pragmatic and implementing it within your organization. Yeah, yeah, sure. Just hearing you tell your story, Rebecca, is very familiar to me. Um, I too, I was a product manager at a private software company. Um, in my first role as a product manager, when I first found the Pragmatic training, which is about 20 years ago now. And um, had my first experience, went back to the office and did a successful implementation. Um, really, like, uh, it changed the way we thought about things. It changed the way we approached our market. And, you know, jump forward 10 years, I went to work for Pragmatic saying, you know, this approach is what, is what makes a difference for organizations. And I wanted to be able to spread that message and be able to work with a larger audience. Um, at, through my 10 years of being an instructor with Pragmatic, however, I discovered that I was actually really lucky when I did my initial implementation. I mean, there were so many cultural factors that were in place that made the, our implementation successful and fast, and we, we really used the Pragmatic framework to drive us to our goals. Um, what I've realized as I've seen more and more companies is that in many, many organizations, they really struggled with implementation. They would embrace the philosophy, embrace the framework, understand it very well. But when they went back inside their existing organization with their existing technology and their existing culture and their existing executive team, 
they would run into all of these roadblocks that made it really hard to get momentum going. Um, so, and I think when you look at the um, pragmatic instructors overall, most of the pragmatic instructors historically have had that sort of success on their own. And then we've all sort of slowly realized that, you know, there was a whole host of factors that made those implementations successful. So as I, you know, I'm, as I um, moved on from pragmatic, I really branched off into helping organizations to embrace and really practice the concepts of being a market-driven organization. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, well, yes, no, and, and I think you're right. I think you, all of our instructors realize there may be more of the exception than the rule. Uh, and it's not even that, right, that there are different factors. But talk to me sort of then, um, and Charles, you can jump in here too, about what you've seen as you worked with other clients and implementations and, and some of those factors uh, that, that you can kind of either know need to be there or can help facilitate creating. You know what, let, let me punch in for what, just before we wrap up the last point, was that my, my background before I started working around product was um, in working in marketing at Fortune 5 sized organizations. Um, and I can remember that there was a, a, a tight quarter, tight year, um, and there was quite a bit of pressure on the marketing department to deliver results. And the order that came from above was that we needed to be more strategic. And we needed to be more strategic about what we, why we were doing things. And then you'd go around and ask everybody, okay, well, what is it that they mean by being more strategic? And the truth is that nobody really had a good answer or a good system for how this team of more than 50 people was going to quote unquote, become more strategic. And so after I left that world and finally stepped into the product world, I had the first thing I did was I went to take foundations. And indeed it was one of those weeks where there's, uh, there's four offerings in the same week and I just dove right in. I took all four of them in the same week. And when I walked out of that week, I thought, man, I wish that this sized organization that I used to be with had this as an understanding for what it meant to be strategic. And then that they had a way of actually getting it built for themselves to be able to practice it, to do it. Because, you know, you think, well, I'm working in this size organization, they're going to have a pretty good understanding. But in the meantime, we would walk around and say, okay, what does it mean by being more strategic? And it turns out that almost everybody has their own idea or is making it up as they go along. And there's the pragmatic framework. And the pragmatic framework is there to say, we go from the top left, we go to the bottom right. And this is the, 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 all of the different things that we need to do to do that. And man, I wish that that had been there back, back in the day. So anyways. And I actually say, uh, Charles, you brought up an interesting word there. You brought up the word practice. Um, yeah. And I think that's such a key part of the implementation and, and of, from an individual project piece to the whole thing is you just have to put it into practice and practice means it's automatically not perfect, right? But you just have to start doing it. You do it yourself, you do it in your group, you start to go through. And I think that is a big part of what you guys, um, of your approach to helping companies with implementation is practice. Yeah, right. And, and, and yes. our workshop, our, our, uh, our workshops um, all end with an action plan. And number one in that action plan is get up and do, do this again tomorrow do this again next week um, because it's in the doing that we learn. And once we, we've done gone through the process of doing it through one of our workshops, 
um, then the next step is for them to do it again themselves because that's why we've learned the process, right? So. So let's step back a little bit and talk about, about these workshops, these labs in general. They're sort of their construct. What, why you, we've talked a little bit about why you developed them, Stacey and Charles, because you have your experience. But, but what is that construct you've put in place and, and what kind of results have you seen at the companies you've worked with? All right. So I, I can start out with that. Um, the, you know, there are a couple of fundamental philosophies that are, that are uh, entwined in all of our, our workshops or labs um, in that these aren't a place where people come to sit and absorb information. It's a place where people are asked to participate. So these are highly interactive. Um, these aren't sessions where we're sitting around. They're sessions where we're walking through a piece of work together as a group. Um, secondly, um, they're all, we're driving towards some specific outcome depending on that situation. You know, maybe you're doing some product prioritization and planning and we're working through all the steps of a roadmap, for instance. Um, so we're, we're action-based, we're, we're outcome-oriented. <clears throat> and then, and in doing that, you get people to really be interacting with the templates. You know, maybe you learned about something in class, but sitting down and actually applying it to your own projects can be quite a different thing. So we're working through that. Um, and then I think the other thing that we've found that we're, we're now working through all of the labs as well is that in many cases, companies don't have the time to sort of grab that uh, current market information in a way that helps them drive those early actions. So we've actually integrated a whole research offering into the labs so that you can, you know, start the day off with an actual real idea of what's going on in the market. And Charles, I'll let you um, expound on that a bit, if you'd like. Well, yeah, but um, you know, so when it comes to the difference between a, a workshop or a training or working with a coach or reading books and these kinds of things, um, the metaphor I like to use is that it's kind of like the difference between watching a concert on television and actually standing in the audience for the experience that you get um, from participating in that thing happening. So for instance, if you, um, uh, if you need to go ahead and build a roadmap, we need to walk through what that process is. It's one thing to read it, but it's another thing to have someone hold your hand and actually walk you through the process of doing that. And so, um, you know, ultimately that's where the market-driven business concept came from is that uh, once we've completed our training, once we understand what the theory is, it's time for us to implement. We need some help doing that actual implementation and having somebody there who really understands the process that can walk us through what it is that we need. That's where market-driven business delivers delivers our value. Um, we're not experts in, in your individual stack. We're not necessarily experts in your industry, but we are experts in the process that you need to do in order to obtain the outcome that you want. Um, and, you know, and so once we had all of that figured out, that what people really needed was somebody who understood the process to walk them through, then my background comes from um, doing uh, win-loss research and, and discovery research. Um, and so through the process of doing that, well, you, it, it's so important, especially in the pragmatic world, Rebecca, that everything is done with a Nihito frame of mind. Nothing important happens in the office. It doesn't matter what it is that our internal opinions are and what people think on the inside and whether this particular person is the loudest voice in the room. Um, 
uh, you know, none of those things matter. The only thing matters is is what the market wants. I mean, what's your famous line is uh, you need to build a product that's urgent, pervasive, and people are willing to spend money on. Did I just get that exactly right? It was close. It was close. We'll let you, <laughs> we'd let you get your certification. <laughs> <laughs> I got perfect on the test. Um, yeah, so at any rate, so because it's so important that the work be done anchoring in, in the voice of the customer, um, you know, we started doing the, this research, um, leveraging our expertise on, on doing that, so that each of our engagements start with uh, doing calls outside, having conversations with people in the market, calls inside, having conversations with people within the company. And then uh, when we come on site to, to do the workshop, the first thing we do is we go through those results. We talk about what people had concerns about internally, and then we talk about what the concerns that people had outside the market. And then what we inevitably end up finding is that there's a gap between what customers think should be done or is going on or what they think of them or how they fit within the competitive set. And the, the opinions on the inside are very different. So what that allows us to do is we can level set in the voice of the market before we even get into doing something like building a positioning document and doing a positioning exercise so that um, we, we know that we are working with true market facts. This is a very Nihito type of operation. Um, and, uh, and that ends up being quite revelatory for, for organizations because it helps to settle the internal discussions of, of different groups who have different ideas of what's going on. We're working with, with real market facts. And I think that's such a powerful addition because if I was to leave class, well, when I leave class, um, there's two things, right? There's putting into practice the, the templates, the processes, the thinking, but then there's absolutely very first thing you need to do is start to listen to your market, right? And so this sort of lets you jumpstart both of those in a powerful way because um, as we all know, there's, there's a ton of fires, right? There's just so much that product teams are doing on a regular basis that the best intentions get a little lost. And I think also demonstrating that market evidence and that it didn't necessarily match expectations so quickly to your internal audience is certainly going to also help, I would think, uh, our clients get approval for those sort of continued efforts, right? Here you saw the power in just these, these five internal and five external interviews. We need to do this on a regular and continual basis and it can help unlock funding as well as help build sort of support for the process. Very powerful combination. Uh, yeah, exactly. And you can actually see the, the behavior of the people in these sessions change because as you realize that you have market data available to you, you stop, you, you sort of naturally stop arguing your own opinion and you, instead you say, is there anything in the interviews that would answer this question for us? And that becomes the, you know, the fulcrum to change for the entire culture potentially. So I can see why it's so powerful. But can you guys share some stories of, of how this has worked with different clients you've worked with? Yeah, sure. Um, so we had a, um, uh, we had a, let's call it an enterprise level network service provider um, customer. And they were of kind of moderate size. Uh, I think that they capped out at between 50 and 65 people in the organization. Um, they had been primarily driven, their business was driven by the individual that started the organization. And he had been around for a very long time and knew the industry and had the contacts. And when he went to trade shows, everybody wanted to shake his hand. And it was very much driven by this one individual who was leading the organization. 
but he was starting to get ready for retirement. Um, and the rest of the organization knew that in order for them to survive, they would need to come up with a different way of framing themselves that was much less about his connections and his ability to close deals and much more about kind of the broader team and what it was that they were doing. And so before they could go out and start telling a story of having a robust team that was ready to take over, they needed a, a, a new roadmap for how they were going to proceed. Um, and interestingly, they prided themselves very much on their ability to offer strong support for a lot of customization and them being willing to go the extra mile at all times. And so no matter what problem their customer had, they had it as their ultimate goal that their customer needed to be as close to 100% as happy as possible. And they felt like that's what was really driving their business. And so we went ahead and we talked to, I think, about 10 of their customers. And, and in this type of research, when you're looking for directional, you know, within about seven calls or so, you're, you're going to know directionally what's going on. And oftentimes, it's as little as five, right? Um, you don't need to get to that 15 or 20 calls to be able to start figuring out what the stuff is going to be. Um, so we went out and we talked to, uh, to their customers. And we talked to all of the folks internally that we needed to. That was sales. That was product. That was support. That was their networking engineers. Um, and what we found was, although they felt like what they were thinking about was how good they were at support, their ability to customize that kind of perfect customer service that they like to offer. What their customers were actually buying was a strategic partnership, someone that would be there for them in an integrated way that they could rely on at all times to be able to get done. And that's actually something that's distinct from having a, a strong support model in the other because customer satisfaction can actually slip a little bit within a strategic partnership and that that's going to be okay. Um, you know, they, uh, they really felt like that it was a strong organization, but interestingly, the market did mention that the reason they were purchasing was because of this one individual that, that was leading them. And so the, the market calls showed that the concerns that they had about their one leader being the person who was driving the whole business was something that was accurate. But they also learned at the same time that their support wasn't quite as valued as they thought it was, and that this 100% customer service was something that they could, um, that they could actually um, pull back on. And so we went through this great workshop with them where we talked about all of those results and the things that we were doing. Um, and then we went ahead and talked about um, uh, we had a, like a project and opportunity analysis to look at all of the things that they had on the go and see whether or not that was going to be, um, that, that was tying with their strategic goals with what it is that they needed to do down the future and a way of just kind of laying out everything that, that we would do with them. And then we went through a process of narrowing that down, right? And then we worked through where they sat within the competitive landscape so they would have a strong understanding of, of uh, where they sat within all of their entire competitive set worked on a positioning exercise, um, and then we moved into um, what we call the organizational capabilities gap analysis, which is, okay, so we've now decided that these are the things that are important to the organization. How good are we at that today? Um, are we capable of executing this? We've talked about the plan that we wanna do. We've talked about how important these things are. Can we actually do this now? And that's a way of highlighting how we might be able to, uh, to do things differently. And then we worked through a messaging review, uh, looking back at the competitive set again. And then the whole thing finishes out with uh, an internal and an external roadmap uh, building. And the process of this one is that all the people in the room are going to, um, they're going to make commitments 
that in this amount of time, we are going to stand up and do this thing that we have now decided is strategically important to the company that's going to move us to this next level as our leader moves into retirement age. Um, and the interesting thing about this whole thing, Rebecca, is that by going through that process in one day, two day, or three days, however long it takes to go through the exercise, depending on, on, on our engagement, that what really works here is that everyone has argued through all of the things that they were stuck on. Um, the, uh, this is more important, this is less important, that we need to be considering this, this is the thing that we should be looking at, oh, we have to go through that, or whatever it was that they were internally arguing about that kept stopping them from moving forward. By the time you complete this type of a workshop, everyone is on the same page and can say, you know what, no matter how I might feel differently about this situation, we are going to come to no better result than that which we have by completing this exercise. Um, and so then the company can go ahead and move forward. And I'm proud to say that three and a half years later now, the uh, leader of that organization has now gone into retirement and they have successfully transitioned to a model where they now have six functional leaders in their own departments who each lead their own section and that they've not only maintained their customer base, but have now additionally grown their business by another 40%. Just great, just a very exciting exercise to be a part of. That's great. And you know, so Stacy, you and I have known each other for a long time. Uh, and when you were talking about the work you were doing with, with Charles and the team and the results you were seeing, and I thought back to the, the market research that we do, right? The market data that we get, it seems such a logical extension um, of the training that we offered and, and being able to help our, those clients who are looking to sort of jumpstart the implementation to put things in practice to, to kind of do that, that, that you and I, and, and then you introduce us to Charles and everyone else kind of talking about how to make these labs uh, sort of pragmatized and what could that, what that could mean. So, um, so we've done that. Uh, and if you guys want to talk a little bit about sort of what that offering looks like, what the, the structure of it is, mm -hmm. um, I think that could be great. Yes. Yeah. In many ways, Rebecca, it's interesting because we went out and focused on all of this, you know, interactivity and practice and, and the integrated research. And now coming back and working with you to deliver these as pragmatic labs is kind of like coming home, right? We've taken these workshops, which we know work very well, and we've tied them right back to all of those templates and the frameworks that are familiar to all of the, the pragmatic uh, students from over the years, right? Um, they're proven tools. They've been used by hundreds of thousands of individuals, I would say. And um, it's just really exciting to be able to offer these in this new interactive um, format. Yeah. yeah so, so wait, I'll, I'll follow up with how exciting it is to take the concepts that we proved at Market Driven Business and to, and to help work with Pragmatic to, to bring them to life in the Pragmatic family. Um, I think that, uh, that it's, it's just so exciting for me to be able to do this with Pragmatic Institute um, because ultimately I got my start in the product space because of Pragmatic Institute. So this is kind of a full circle story for me. Um, to be able to, after years of doing market research and now doing the, the workshops that we've been doing for it, to come back as part of the Pragmatic family is a, is a very exciting opportunity. And, and I, I can't wait for us to be able to bring these to market. And I just, I love the fact that we take the training that we've all known and loved. And then what, what we deliver, what you guys deliver with us is, is, a, is a single day 
really focused, hands-on, everybody participate, participates in really putting into practice something we learned in one of the courses, right? So whether it's positioning or road mapping, uh, prioritization of market projects, right? All of that stuff, people, they put into practice what they learned. They get to, to kind of build up that muscle. They get the sort of uh, additional people in the organization to see how this would work. They leave with, with an outcome, right? Like there's an, a business outcome, a completed template or project or some prioritization effort that was done. So it's not, um, it's very tangible, the efforts, right? They get something delivered then and then they've got the know-how to deliver it on an ongoing basis or to perform it on an ongoing basis. And then we also have the option with you guys to have the, the market data research piece added on. So we can, we can do this if you've got market data already and use that for these tools and templates or you can, and you can get some, uh, some additional market research, some fresh data in to do that. And it's just such an exciting combination. I don't have yes. anything to add to that because the only word that keeps coming to my mind is about how excited I am for us to bring this this concept to the pragmatic family. It's just it's such a, a powerful offering for companies who want help with implementation, and that you get you get the um, you get the outcome that you need. You have that new positioning document or whatever it, it is through the particular lab. Um, you you get that, and, but the team now knows how the process by which they should go through the next time they need to do that. And for a lot of this stuff, you know, it works kind of at the higher scale and at the lower scale. And so there could be an instance where you're repeating this process every couple of weeks, or you're repeating this process every couple of months, or you're repeating this process once a year. Um, but once the process is ingrained with people by doing, then it's so much easier for everybody to get on the same page and say, yeah, well, this is the process and now we can go forward and we can go ahead and, and do this over again. You know, we're, we're, we work in such a, a lean in way Rebecca, um, that, uh, that nobody escapes. Nobody gets to get out of the room without having gotten their hands dirty of really getting in there and getting the job done when it comes to the lab. So um, yeah, I, just, I can't come up with a better word than just excited for, for this to come to market through the Pragmatic family. Yeah, yeah, it, it occurs to me, you know, and dare I say, this is a very pragmatic way to go from learning about some concepts to actually getting them up and running inside your organization so that you can drive toward those results you were after to begin with. And Stacey, you've, you've taught hundreds of companies, thousands of individuals. Is there, um, is there a particular profile you have in mind when you think about your, the labs and, and what, where it's a really good fit? Oh, you know, I think that the, the best uh, environment is to have a small group of people who are focused on something that they actually have control over, <clears throat> right? So that if you're doing a product planning and prioritization lab, it's you actually have cross-functional representatives in the room who are the decision makers for that product or product line or, or portfolio, you know, whatever you're focused on, that you have the, the people in the room who really can get the work done. You know, the, the hardest thing in the world to do is to just say, well, we're just gonna assume that this person will agree. <laughs> um, uh, you know, but, but, but beyond that, this could be any team. Most of, well, actually all of the, the labs uh, can be offered at really any level in the organization. So if you're in a smaller company, like um, if you're, you know, if you're in a, a, an, a smaller organization with a more limited product set, then you might actually be doing this with a cross-functional set of like executives and maybe some product management and product marketing people. Um, if you're in a larger organization, maybe you're doing it at the portfolio or the business unit level. 
and you have leadership from that function. If you're in a really large organization, you might be doing this just for your individual product. And they're all built so that you can really work at any of those levels as long as you have the right people in the room, right? The people who can actually drive decisions for that particular subject area. Great. All right, what else should people know about our labs? Come ready to, uh, to work and to really think about applying those good pragmatic concepts into your own organization and how we're gonna bring them to life to, to drive towards success. Perfect. Charles? Um, you know what? So for me, I want people to come in honest, right? Because mm -hmm. this works best when we're being real. Our feet are on the ground. We know exactly what the condition is. We're being honest about where we are. We're being honest about where we want to go. Um, and there's a, a number of modules built into the pragmatic labs that require total and complete honesty on the part of the participants. So this is not the time to be fantasizing about what our next quarter's numbers are going to be or about where we stand in relation to the competition. Um, you know, we, we need to be very straight up and honest about what's going on and that's where the value is going to be derived. When everybody in the room is ready to be real, that's when we're going to get the most value of it. So of, of anything to add, I, I'll add that. Awesome. Well, then I will add the logistics part, right? <laughs> so yeah. if you want to find out more about the labs, you should check out pragmaticinstitute.com slash labs. You can reach out to the, the sales guys here and we can walk you through the offering and see if there's a good fit for you. But uh, we are extraordinarily excited about the offering. We're super happy to be working with Stacy and Charles and their team. Uh, and we can't wait to see uh, our customers put the stuff into action even faster, even um, sooner as it's so powerful when it is used what we teach so exciting stuff all right anything else before we leave any other parting comments stacy and charles really excited to be able to help those uh pragmatic uh loyal companies to start practicing this and more places in their organization that does it for today's episode thanks everyone for listening and don't forget to join us next week when we tackle another great topic designed to help you elevate your product, your company, and your career.